Hello, hello, you guys. It's your girl, Jay Tan, and this is episode six of The Hustle Theory. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about the toxic relationship I had with myself and how much my life has changed immensely since I've been focusing on self-love, self-awareness, and just finally putting myself first in my life. When I started this journey, I definitely had people I looked up to and found so much inspiration from because they were living their lives, prioritizing these practices and sharing their journey. The reason why I started sharing so much of my journey on and off social media was partly because of the people I looked up to. I noticed that I was receiving that motivation from others, sharing their ups and downs and realized I needed to be giving right back and doing the same for others because you truly have no idea when that one random call, message, story, post, whatever is going to change someone's life. And that's why I am so freaking excited for our guest today because she was someone I randomly noticed from a mutual follower that reposted one of her posts sometime in 2020. And before, I didn't ever randomly reach out to people on social media, even if I really connected with a post. But for some reason, the universe, you guys, literally was calling out to me that day and urging me to just reach out and tell this woman how much I appreciated her authenticity and that one message was the start of an amazing friendship. Since then, I have been able to watch her grow exponentially in her business and within herself. Now, let me introduce you guys to our guest today, the CEO and founder of JP Talent Agency, the queen of living life so fearlessly and unapologetically, Jackie Potter. Jenny, that was so sweet. I'm so honored to be here and truly the universe did bring us together and it's just, we were chatting a little bit earlier. I'm so honored to have had just this positive impact and influence on Jenny as a person and I know I've just been continuing to trickle onto other individuals and it was a dear friend of mine, Colin Yerkinson, who I watched on his journey and he was so poetic and real throughout his journey and I was still within corporate America and watching him and it really really is what pushed and motivated me to say if he can do this I can do this too and I'm so honored that I can be that inspiration in your life and in so many others and then you will now trickle into the lives of other individuals as well and it's just been it's such a journey and I want everyone to understand too that It's not easy to put yourself out there, especially at first. It can be really, really frightening and really, really challenging, but people will always have an opinion of you no matter what you do. Whether you are fully transparent about everything going on in your life, and that might be triggering for some people, or you never say anything at all. But the difference is, if you're never saying anything at all, you're never going to change or shape any lives. You will never have an impact on anything. And so being transparent, being that thought leader, you will have others look up to you. And as scary as it is, just as you continue to grow, things get easier a long time as well. And I definitely love what you said about that because something that kind of stuck out to me or something that just kind of got reminded of was I remember when I first started posting a lot of things on Instagram, some of my friends were, because I was never someone to do that. 
So they're like, oh, what are you trying to do? Be famous nowadays? And I was like, no, I'm just really trying to make an impact. That really is what it is. Right. And people that, people that judge the journey and judge your journey don't understand your journey. And I think that's another really critical piece of my journey too, is COVID really showed me what do I want? It let me take the time to really look inside and say, what do I want for myself? Because I was always the people pleaser. I was always the say yes girl. I was always the girl that everyone called to have a good time. Every Friday and Saturday, it was my phone blowing up, which I loved, but I could feel myself hitting my peak of growth in that space. And I could feel my identity change. And I was my brand, my identity was the club scene in Chicago. That's who I was. No one understood that I was in a corporate position and a huge hustler and that my success was such a big part of my life. No one knew that because I never showed that via social media. And so I could feel myself, my brand, and just who I was as a person kind of just pivoting. And so my journey, I started in corporate America. So I started right out of college. I was with Omnicom, so one of the largest agencies holding companies in the world. And when I was right out of college, my director moved to a different team. So I was thrown into this director position right out of college. I was leading two to $6 million media campaigns. And I was 100% client facing. I'm sure they had no idea how old I was. I'm literally 22 years old. And it was such an incredible learning experience. It was the scariest experience of my life, but I learned and I grew so much within that. But there were a lot of moments throughout that first year I was in corporate America where I was so scared to speak in a meeting because I knew I was going to be really intimidating to a lot of people. And I always lived my life wanting to please everyone else. So I never wanted to step on anyone else's toes. And I knew then I would be sitting in these meetings and I had all these incredible ideas. And I knew that I wanted to be at the forefront of bringing business into a company. I knew that I would be insanely successful in a sales role. And so I reached out to so many different companies, so many contacts, and no one would hire me because I had no sales experience. And so I would sit outside of the building that I worked at, and I had a girlfriend who also worked in the same building who worked at Robert Half, which is where I started my staffing job, but so I didn't know this at the time. So we would sit outside of the building, and I would say to her, you know, I want to get into sales. No one will hire me. I don't know what to do. And she would say, Jackie, let me put it in front of the president of our company. You should do recruiting. We have a creative team. And I didn't, I said, no, I don't want to be HR. I didn't understand what recruiting was. And so we would sit out there and I would just continuously bring this up. And then finally it was, I could feel it was time. Okay. Send my resume in. So I met with the president that week. I had an offer and I started and when I started with the company, I had two placements within the first two weeks. And I heard through the grapevine that the president had said to one of the admins, can you please confirm this is Jackie Potter's first week? There's no way this is her first week. Because every, every little voice that was inside of me at my first role that was holding me back from fully stepping into the powerful, strong woman that I am just completely diminished because this was a sales role. It was it was me, myself, and I. It was hit your numbers 
or you're gone. So it was a very cutthroat environment, which is something else that really, really grew and shaped and built me. And so COVID hits and I, I remember I, I was at core power and I was taking a yoga class and no one was in the yoga class. And this is when I still thought, okay, you know, everyone's at the grocery store loading up on groceries. My roommate goes, Jackie, you need to go to the grocery store. Everything is empty. No, 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 we'll be fine. You know, that was my mentality and mindset. I, because I don't really just, I don't tap too much into these kinds of things. I just let it flow. I don't want to worry myself. And so I get a call from one of my clients right before my class. And he said, you know what? I just, I can't make this hire right now. And he was in the ticketing business. And he said, we don't know what's about to happen with events. And I was, I was staffing their leader of their sales department. He said, I just, I just can't make this hire. And so that's when it really dawned on me. Oh my goodness. Something's really happening right now. And so then it was everyone moved to remote and I was remote and we were remote for about four and a half months. And that's when I got a phone call one day and I had been, I had been going above and beyond. I was getting praises from all of my management, just of how positive I was for my team. And I was really uplifting my team. We were all there for each other through everything because it wasn't, it wasn't easy the first couple of months. It was a really, really drastic change in different environment, but we had to remain positive and just keep pushing through. And I think that's something too, no matter what situation you are in, keep that positive mindset and things will happen for you. And you're, you'll also bleed onto others that you surround yourself with. And so four months in, we got a phone call. I got a phone call from someone on another team and they were doing layoff. And so my team and I, it was Two other girls and myself were on the creative permanent division. And so we were, we were on a three-way call. We're freaking out. What's going on? We had no idea what was about to come. I'd never experienced anything uh, like this situation before in my entire life. And so we're so nervous. And my roommate would say to me, Jackie, there's no way you will be laid off. I've never seen anyone work harder before in my life. And in the middle of a pandemic. And so I, I and I knew it too. I, there was some, I had a feeling that this round I would be okay. And so our manager puts a phone call onto all of our calendars and my team and I get on and he goes, you turn on your cameras. I want to see your faces. And we turn on our cameras and we're all freaking out. And he had no idea we even knew. So how do you guys know? Of course we know. World travels quickly and we are investigators. We're all women. And so he, he told us that we were individuals that the company really saw them getting it through this and that they had to let go of a lot of people and do it really, really quickly. And it was going to look like a massacre, which it absolutely was. The entire two rows in front of me when I would visualize where the office was and where everyone would sit were just completely gone. And so that was really traumatic. And the next day I was just over the moon and I was so grateful for the opportunity. And I went just guns blazing that whole day. And then the day after that, I think we had a weekend and it was the Monday where everything just hit me. This moment of, oh my goodness, when we go back to the office, nothing will ever be the same. 
the people that I had, you grow very, very close, especially in an environment like that, where it's, it's so cutthroat and you you sit so close together and you're happy. You have to bang the phones and cold call and just do things that are uncomfortable. You're all really there for each other. And it was, we all just became so insanely close. So it was really, it was traumatic to think about this really is having a large effect and nothing is going to be the same. And so then two more weeks go by and I get a text message from someone on the other team that they're doing another round of layoffs. And I had this feeling that it was going to be me. I was one of the top performers. I knew that I had so much offer, but I had the least amount of tenure on that team. I was only there for four and a half months and I knew it was going to be me. And again, my roommate, she said to me, Jackie, there's no way you need to stop freaking out. There's no way. And lo and behold, all of a sudden my laptop started to ring. And so I get onto, it's a Skype video call and it's my president and then our, our Metro market manager. And he said, you know, I, I want to get through the details. And then my manager wanted to say some things to me. So got through all of the details. I couldn't even, I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. It was kind of blurry. I couldn't, I was writing, but I didn't even know what I was writing and just details about where my laptop needed to be sent and that this paperwork I had to sign, et cetera, et cetera. And then my manager just cried and just said to me, Jackie, you are, you are an inspiration to all demographics. And I am so honored to have been a part of your journey as small and as small as it was, it was so powerful. And I am, I'm just so honored because the culture there, there was a lot of negativity when I stepped into it. And when you also, when you're in a sales role, it's very competitive. And for someone like myself to step into that environment, who's so positive, who's always there for one another, who's always rooting others on, it really just opened their eyes to something more. And I really left a large impact on that company and their lives and my manager's lives. We were so just insanely close. And I think he saw a lot of himself in me. We were very similar in a lot of ways. So it was, it was really heartbreaking. And I remember just shutting my laptop and I just, I just cried. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I just sat on my couch and I was just in shock. I didn't know how to even process these emotions. And it was just, oh my goodness, you know? So what now? Because I had, I had kind of everything really thought out of where I was going to grow in that company. I saw me go myself going so far. And so it was just this moment of, you know, things are about to change again and never be the same once more. And that night, you know, he sent me just another, just insanely large text and just with gratitude and that he'll always be there for me, et cetera, et cetera. And that next day I woke up as I would the same early crack of dawn in the morning and it was go time. So I was laid off on a Thursday and I woke up on a Friday morning and I reached out. So I was in communication with a VP at DocuSign 
And so I reached out to him, you know, I'm a candidate now I'm looking for a role. I was unfortunately laid off due to COVID. I would love to have a conversation with you. He emails me or set on LinkedIn. We're having a conversation. He sends me his cell phone and he says, I have 20 minutes right now, or I'm not available for the next six weeks. So I call him and we have a conversation. He asked me a few questions and he goes, okay, send me your resume. I'm going to connect you with our internal recruiter. Perfect. So they're going to get the ball rolling. This is the day after I was laid off. And this is in the heat of COVID when everyone was losing their jobs. Everyone was losing their jobs. No one could find a job. The next day after I was laid off, I was already pushed forward at an insanely large company. I then had contacts at Salesforce. So I reached out to Salesforce. They submitted my resume. I was in communication with the recruiter, spoke to the recruiter. I was pushed to second rounds. This is all on Friday, the next day after I was laid off. And then I had a contact that was at my previous company. She said to me, the CEO of a company that I used to work with is looking for a sales representative. Him and I had a conversation. I was pushed to next rounds. So weekend goes by. It's Monday and I'm scheduling through all of my next rounds. I think I had my second round with Salesforce and they were pushing me to finals. And this is Monday. I was laid off that Thursday. This is one and a half business days after I was laid off again in the heat of COVID. And I could feel that something was off. And if you had have asked, would have asked me six months prior If I was in final rounds with a company as Salesforce or DocuSign, it's huge. That that was my, that was my dream. That was a dream. That was a goal. So many people aspire to work for companies as such, but I could feel that that was not big enough for me. I could feel there was something bigger. And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no idea the moment was going to come and come this quickly. So I had a very insanely successful entrepreneur friend, Colin Yerkinson, as I spoke with you about a little bit earlier, but he started his journey maybe six to eight months ahead of myself. So I watched him via Instagram as he was very open about his entire journey. He was posting everything and it was pushing me and it was motivating me and we would continuously hop on the phone and have conversations. And I remember there was a day, probably nine, a few months prior to this Monday when I had this kind of moment, this was probably six months prior. And I said, Colin, I remember it's freezing cold in Chicago. It was a winter and I'm walking to core power. And I said, Colin, I know I will, I'm watching you and I want to do this, but I don't know what my company is. I love, I love fashion and I love all of these different just things that I'm passionate about, but I don't know what my business is. And he said, it's going to be a talent agency, recruiting agency. And I said, hell no, it's not. No, it's not. Hell no. I did not see that. I did not see that for myself. And then fast forward again, back to this Monday when I had this moment of there's something bigger out there for me than a Salesforce or a DocuSign. It was, it's time and it's a recruiting agency. And so I texted Colin and I said, it's time. I'm ready to start. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you tomorrow. And he goes, okay, call me tomorrow morning. And so that moment too, 
the moment that I chose, and it didn't seem as a big decision because I was so confident in myself and my business that now reflecting on it, thinking of this, the quote unquote safety, okay, the, the healthcare, the benefits, the here's, here's your salary for the year from a Salesforce or a DocuSign, that was not attractive to me. I knew there was something bigger and I believed in myself. And that's what's so important too. If you have a vision, if you believe in you, it does not matter if no one else believes in you. Because if you see something, you see it for a reason and it's already done. It's already yours. The only thing that stands between yourself and that vision of yours is taking action. So in that moment, I decided it's time now for myself to take action towards my vision. And so Colin and I on that Tuesday, and mind, let's come back now. I was laid off on that Thursday. This is Friday, Monday, and that Tuesday. I knew it was time. And so Colin and I hop on the phone and I said, okay, so what do I do? <laughs> What's next? And he said, go upstairs. And I want you to write a power of five list. So five things that you want to get done for your business. And so I ran my little booty upstairs. I pull out my notepad, which I still have. I haven't posted it yet. I need to show that to my Instagram following as well. It's such a powerful piece of paper in my notebook. And I wrote down five things that I wanted to get done that day. One being the name of my agency. And I texted Colin a couple ideas. My dad had a law firm that was Potter group. And so I texted him, what about Potter, Potter group consulting or something. And that just, that doesn't sound like that's my dad. That's so my father. And so, and he said, JP talent. And I said, done. Perfect. We're done. And I just, it was, I just started. I literally just started. I, I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn, reaching out to new candidates, reaching out to companies and just introducing myself. You know, I'm Jackie Potter. I'm the CEO and founder of JP Talent. I hadn't even updated my LinkedIn info yet because I wasn't ready and just introduced who I was. would love to have a conversation with you for any hiring needs, whatever that might look like. And I kept it really general too, because I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in. And even today, I don't, I, I do a lot of creative roles, but I do sales too. I do a little bit of finance, but uh, you have to just kind of go. And if you don't want to have a specific one niche, you don't need to. And I think that's important too, is people think, oh, I need to be specialized in the health and beauty. You don't need to do that. I don't want to be pigeonholed into one sector, one industry. I have eyeballs now into every single industry, every single company. I have clients and candidates in it all. So when I speak about the market, I know the entirety of the market, which is really, really powerful because then you can compare health and beauty to tech and what candidates are as in different types of pools. So I think that's really awesome too. And so I started just doing, hopping on Zoom calls, which was also incredible because we're in a time where everything is Zoom. And again, this is this is when everyone is laying individuals off. People are losing their jobs and I'm starting, you know, a, a recruiting business. And I, I had not one, not one inch of fear that does not reside in my body because again, I believed in myself. And so 
I started just hopping on client calls every single day. I would do around 12 meetings a day, candidates and clients. I was just hungry and I was pushing myself to my absolute limit. And there was a role that I was working and I had a friend of mine who's an incredible marketing and sales candidate. He is a baller. He's absolutely amazing. And they needed a salesperson. He was looking and it was more of a freelance to permanent. And so I had him in the running and this company was just, it just completely went down and it was not a role that I wanted to place a candidate at. They just had nothing figured out. It was very, very, very startup, but startup that had no organization whatsoever. And so, and that was what I, what I thought was going to be my first deal. And then, so that all fell apart. However, I'm on the phone with my candidate and I'm explaining to him, you know, I I just, I'm not comfortable with this anymore. I don't think it's worth either of our time. And I'm explaining to him, you know, now that I run my own business, I'm not only permanent, so permanent opportunities, long-term someone that wants, you know, to offer someone a long-term seat with benefits, et cetera, but I also do freelance and temporary. And so that's what I was explaining to him because when I used to work at my previous role, I was only permanent. And so I was explaining to him this situation and that I work with all different types of clients now who, if they need a graphic designer for a project or they need a brand strategist for a few months, they don't want to make a full-time hire yet, I can provide that. So he's driving home to, he's from Highland Park. He's driving back to Highland Park And he gets home and his mom is up and he explains this to his mother. Mind you, his his mother and father own a very successful healthcare agency, healthcare consulting agency, which I had no idea. And he tells his mother what I do and the situation that just happened, et cetera. And his mother goes, give me her number. I need, I need a graphic designer. I need a brand strategist. I need a copywriter. I And so that next day we hopped on a call and I had her lined up with interviews and she was my first client. And I still work with that business today. They're absolutely just amazing individuals. But again, the situation where I was a little bit upset and it didn't work out led me to something so beautiful. And my first client and a client of an insanely successful business who is also a dear friend of mine and who I look up to in so many ways and is still a client to me to this day, almost a year now later. And so then too, I'm hopping on all of these kind of just more general calls. So I, I hop on a phone with the CEO of a financial firm and he needs financial advisors. And I, I've never placed a financial advisor role before in my life, but I knew, I know I can do anything and I can do it better than anyone else because I'm really, really, really good. I'm insanely good. And not only do I, do I learn and understand the skill set of a role, but I feel energies. I can feel the energy of my client and of the company, and I can feel the energy of the candidate. So I make these insanely incredible matches where my clients say to me, where the hell did you find this person, Jackie? And my candidates say, I've always wanted to work for a client as this. And so I found the most incredible advisor and he was over in New York and 
went to offer stages and the candidate just kind of ghosted, didn't want to take the offer, which happens. And so that kind of went into the back burner, but that was going to be a very large role. So that permanent roles are a little bit more. And so that was on, that was $12,000 that was going to, you know, come to my bank account. And then it was, you know what? No, that's, that's just, it's just not the timing. So I just, I kept going and I was going to just continue to trust in this process. And so the day before my first ever deal moved forward, uh, my dad calls me and I hadn't seen my dad during COVID because he was a lot older. He was very unhealthy, just not, not overweight and working to take care of himself, but older, he was 72. So I get this call from my father. And this is the day before I closed my first deal. And he says to me, Jackie, I feel as though I give and I give and I give to all of your sisters. What do you need from me? And I said, I don't need anything from you, dad. I just want you to be my dad. And he laughed and he said, oh, I'll always be your dad, Jacqueline, no matter what under any circumstances, I will always be your dad. And before we got off the phone call, and my dad is a lawyer, very stuck in his ways, would always kind of be on my ass about things as yoga. You know, why do you do yoga? And I lived with him when I first graduated college, and he saw the way yoga and my spirituality and those kinds of just activities positively impacted me, but still he was very, very stubborn. But on right before we ended this phone call, he said to me, will you send me some yoga classes? And I, tears came to my eyes because I had positively impacted my father to make a better change in his life. The most stubborn man I finally rubbed off on him and not by forcing anything on him, just by being myself and him watching me and him watching the positivity it had on me, he wanted to then start to do better. And so that next day is the day that I got the call that my first client wanted to move forward. And I was so excited. And as I'm on the phone with my first client, who's giving me approvals, I get a phone call from my half brother and I didn't think anything of it because earlier that day I had consulted my dad. I spoke to my dad and I spoke to my half brother just regarding a, a contract, a fee document that I wanted them to look over. They're both, both lawyers. And again, earlier that morning I had gone for a run and I had just this immense amount of gratitude for my parents. It was this vision and just this overwhelming feeling that I had never felt before of I would not be who I am today. I would not be this woman starting this soon to be so insanely world widely known business if it weren't from who my parents are. And I had this overwhelming feeling of gratitude, which took a lot of time. There was, there were times when I hated my dad and I hated my parents. So to have just this moment. It was overwhelming. And then I had a vision of a world without my father and I would be okay. And I kind of read the vision away and it was just what's happening kind of moment. 
and I just continued on my run and I went home and I didn't think about it. And then again, I consulted my dad that day about a document and then I'm on the phone with my client. I get a call from my half brother. So I didn't think anything of it. And I listened to my voicemail and my half brother says to me, Jacqueline, it's dad. He was found on the side of the road and he wasn't breathing when he was found. It doesn't sound good. You need to call me. And so it was just this moment where I literally was standing in my room and I looked up for a second and it was just was what is this story unfolding right now? What is happening? And I just, it was kind of, this can't be real, but I know this is real and this is happening. And so I called my half brother and he didn't know anything. There was no confirmation regarding my father. And so I'm on the phone with my sisters and we're trying to figure out. And suddenly my mom calls me and she's, I answer the phone and it's just silence. And I said, mom. And she said, Jacqueline, you just lost your father. And so my, my sister came to pick me up and we all drove to the hospital where my father was. And he was just, he was walking my dog and it was a massive heart attack. And we all walked in and it was COVID. So we're very honored that they even let us go in. And, you know, the doctor said to us, I know this doesn't make it any better, but it was, it was a massive heart attack and he went really quickly. And I went over just to, you know, see, be with my dad for one last time. And he looked so happy. He looked so peaceful and he looked so happy and I think it was his time. I know it was his time. And what's crazy too is the day before he died, he checked with me to make sure he could go. He asked if I needed anything from him. And then the day he died, the universe confirmed with me when they showed me a world without my father and was I going to be okay? And I said, yes. And so they knew it was time to take him. And it was right at the moment that he had really changed and evolved and he was at this beautiful space. So he was then allowed to go to someplace even more beautiful. And he just looked so peaceful and I knew it was his time. And something else too, when you, when you lose someone, so the week after I lost him, it was it was the hardest week of my entire life and I'm, I'm working to run a business and I'm mourning the death of my father and I allowed to give myself space and I just, I gave myself space alone. And when you're going through something, I think it's, it's quick and it's easy to be around friends or I know there are people that turn to drugs and turn to alcohol to cope and to just diminish those feelings. But if you don't face those feelings, they will never go away. And I faced those for a week. I was the lowest, one, some of the lowest I've ever been. I was crying nonstop. I was so insanely low. 
but that propelled me to push forward. That propelled me, okay, it's time now. I've mourned. I've let everything out. I've cried and I've been so sad. I can now move forward. And it doesn't make things easier, but it definitely helped push me and to propel me. And something else too is when you lose someone, I think so many people are quick to think, you know, my father won't be there the day that I get married or when I have kids or whatever it might look like, but your father, whoever it is that you lost, they're always with you. They're, they might not be there physically, but they, they see everything. And my father gives me signs in so many different ways. And I still speak with him and, you know, there, I just know he is watching me and he is so proud of me. And I can feel that in every inch of my body. But so I lose my father and I'm just, I'm back to my business and I'm just having this fuel me and propel me. And I could just feel myself hitting my peak of growth in Chicago. I woke up one morning and I felt as though I was being suffocated. And I always knew I wanted to be in Los Angeles. I wanted to be in the warmth and I wanted to be in the palm trees. Those are literally the only reasons. I had no idea what was in store for me when I came out here, but the only reasons where I wanted to be in warm weather, I wanted to be away from the Chicago winter. And so I woke up that morning and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to move to Los Angeles. So I texted a friend and I said, I, I, I want to move. I need to move quickly. And so I put it out into the universe. I told my roommate, you know, I'm, I'm going to start looking for a sublease. I want to move. And that a couple days later, the friend that I had reached out to said she ran into a mutual friend of hers at a party who also wanted to move to Los Angeles. She connected the both of us and we started looking for apartments. I had I also have a friend out here who's a mutual friend of someone who I studied abroad with, and he saw a posting that I posted on my story that I was looking for a place in Venice, and he sent me, he's a real estate agent, he sent me all of the open properties. My, the girl who is now, I'm, now I live with was out in LA. She started touring everything. We signed on a place, and I still hadn't found a sublease, but I, I, I trust in the universe. I found two subleases for my apartment in Chicago. They both fell through. A week before I had my one-way flight, I found another sublease and she signed. I just, I trusted in the process. I trusted in the universe that everything was going to work out. Everything fell into place. I sold my furniture, packed up my suitcases. Mind you, this timeline of myself deciding I wanted to move to Los Angeles and my one-way flight to LA was three weeks. And so when I moved to LA, I did not have the support from my family. My sisters thought I was crazy. My mother thought I was crazy because they just didn't understand. They don't, they don't, they weren't able to tap into my brain and see the vision and see all that was about to unfold for me. And so I, I moved to LA. I touched down in LA. I got off that flight and I felt as though I had lived here my entire life. It felt, I felt so at home. I felt so just alive and being in this space has propelled me even further. And I didn't understand, you know, I was already working so insanely hard, but when you put yourself in an environment that is so 
surrounded by other creatives and entrepreneurs, it just, it propels you in a, in a different level. And now being here, I've been tapping into my creativity and I've been shooting and I've been modeling and I've been doing just all of these passions of mine that I've been so passionate about my entire life, but haven't tapped into because in a place as Chicago there, I just wasn't really in that scene. I wasn't in, there wasn't really a large creative scene and being here, it's, it's so prominent and it's so, it's so looked at and aspired to be. And so it's just been so beautiful and growth in that sense as well. But that financial advisor role that I spoke with you about earlier, that candidate didn't answer, whatever it might be. So now I'm guns blazing. I'm, you know, really, really working, really, really successful. And I see other people of mine or other friends of myself who are already millionaires or who, you know, are already have a really large portfolio of investments and started maybe eight months before me, but I've never once, you cannot compare yourself to where you are in your journey because my journey is very different than the friends that I see that are successful because what I'm doing, I'm, I'm building a corporation I'm building what will soon to be a publicly traded business. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of discipline. So do not compare yourself to where you are against someone else's journey. And you have, again, you have no idea what that person is even going through because we only show this tiny sliver of our lives, but I'm sitting on the couch and I, you know, all my deals had raised by now. My first deal was $200. Okay. And I was over the moon about it. And so now I'm kind of picking up and things are really, really swinging. And you know, I, I had my first $10,000 month and things are just, things are really growing. And I had just this feeling that that financial advisor role was going to come back and that the candidate was going to accept. And I didn't know why. And then it, I just, I had this vision. I had a vision, a strong vision and manifestation that that was going to happen. And then I just didn't think about it. And a couple days later, I thought of that client, but not because of that. I, I wanted to follow up with him about something that was in the marketing space. So I followed up with him and he goes, we actually don't need anything any longer in the marketing space. However, I want to let you know that the candidate is accepting the offer. I'm going to connect you with our CFO to make payment. And this was after December. So this was, this was January in December. I overshot what my revenue was going to be. So I was over investing and I got myself into a really deep hole. I had $66 in my bank account and I was terrified. I wasn't speaking with my family. I lost my father. I had, I had no one else. And I owed a videographer team about $3,000. I owed another team. I was deep in the hole and I was so insanely scared. And I had so much anxiety. I had so much fear. I was in such a dark, dark place, but I kept pushing and I woke up one morning and I remembered that I have a fidelity account. And so at my previous companies, I had been putting away money as you do when you have a 401k, et cetera. So I had money saved. I cashed out every single last dollar to my name. I paid out all of those teams that I owed money. I paid my rent that month 
And come January, every single deal started to come back. And I, I, pl- I placed the largest deal that my company has, and that's 12,000. And I just placed an $18,000 deal as well, an $18,000 candidate. And then I have another, another very large deal in my pipeline too. And things are now things are in full swing. So I went from $66 to 12,000 up to another $18,000 up. And it's, it's only going to be up from here because I, I learned my lesson. I think that's something else too, is the universe will test you along the way. And I was very tested in that situation. And I could feel that that was the moment where your average person, and I don't even like to say these words because they're not in my vocabulary, but would have given up. I I could feel that that was that moment of where your average person would not have kept going. Because that's why this journey is not for everyone. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. There are so many insane ups and downs and they only get larger as you grow. But I kept pushing. And because I kept pushing, I am now in the most successful space I have ever been in in my entire life. And this is only the beginning of my business. I am 10 months in to JP Talent. 10 months. And what I have created, and in the heart of COVID, my, my business hasn't even seen a booming economy yet. Things are going to be insane when that happens. I can barely, you know, work through everything I have now, but it's, I'm so grateful and I'm so fortunate. And I know just as I continue to grow and as my business continues to grow, I'm also working on myself personally and tying you back to your personal journey and anyone else out there who is listening that is on a journey, your personal and your business journey are, they work in parallel and working on yourself and your mindset and your health and your health and your mindset or anything from the people you surround yourself with to the foods that you eat. It is so important. If you look around your friend group right now And if you don't see them on the same path as you, you need to remove them from your life. And as hard as that is, this journey is also very lonely, but it's all worth it. As hard as all of that is, it is all so worth it. I would never go back to the space that I was in then. And so just continuing to push, continuing to put yourself first is something else that I learned too is it can be scary to stand up for what's right for you, especially if that's different from what is normal. What's normal around our age is going out and getting fucked up and which do that. If you're, if you're in your young twenties, I'm 26 now. When I was right out of college until 24, 25, I was getting the most blacked out. I was doing every single drug. I was, I lived, I was crazy do it, live it, make mistakes, wake up in a man's bed that you have no idea who the hell he is, wake up the next morning and hate yourself because that pushes you to know what's right for you and what isn't. I will never, ever, ever have another one night stand. Have I had many one night stands in my life growing up? Absolutely. 
because I was learning about who I was and I didn't respect myself then. And what's crazy too is I, I thought my whole life that I have loved and respected myself. But now that I've actually learned what loving and respecting yourself is, I've never, I have not loved or respected myself over the course of my entire life until this moment. And I will never go back. And I think so many people live their entire lives and don't even really know what true love and respect for yourself is. True love and respect for yourself is saying no to the things that are not right for you. And as scary as that might be, as many friends as you will lose, do what is right for you. And don't be scared to say no for fear of what others will think of you. I have so many people talk about me and judge me and do not like me because it's triggering to them to see me on my journey and doing things that maybe they want to do. But don't let that stand in your way. And just because there are people that will talk negatively about you, again, you will inspire the lives of so many. And your business, if you have good and beautiful and wholesome intentions for this world, the universe is on your side and will propel you to new heights and your business will make an impact on this earth. And that's what matters. If you want to die a legend, that's all that matters. Jackie. I, <laughs> I literally, you, okay, I had myself on mute, you guys, because I didn't want to, like, have my computer start purring or whatever background noise might happen. But Jackie took me from smiling to, like, taking all of this insight in. I literally was crying because, honestly, I just had my grandpa pass away, and we we're talking about this before we started recording, and I remember hearing your story about your father on your own podcast, which I'll have you mention later on, too. I remember hearing that story, and even then, I still cried because when I feel someone else's pain, it's just, I just feel that. I am very in tune with my emotions and other people's emotions, and so the second time around hearing it was a different feeling because now it felt even more relatable. And I was like, holy crap. And that just kind of goes to show, like I literally don't even know where to start because I had, there were so many things popping up. Jackie, your energy from this whole entire conversation is just incredible. You basically dropped a gold mine on us, literally from this power you have of just storytelling. And people don't, people don't realize how powerful that gift you have is because they hear stories, but when you hear stories from people like you, those are the stories that will influence and impact others in a way that will only create a bigger impact on the rest of the world. And I think that's why it's so important that we keep continuing the sharing of our journey, our ups and downs. You know, those are all important. I wouldn't have known you only had $66 in your bank account at one point and then all of a sudden cashing in $12,000 deals, $18,000 deals. That's fucking baller. And I know we could literally talk about this for hours. I could listen to you for hours, but I know you're also on the go and you have something to go to. But honestly, Jackie, thank you so much for taking your time to be so vulnerable and genuine and honestly not even making me have to do some of the work because people don't realize when you do podcasts. And I'm just like, my like eyes wide, just staring at her 
speak, you guys don't understand when you do a podcast, I never know what that other person's going to be like. If I'm going to have to be the person doing a lot of talking or if I can just be like, take the stage, all you girl. And I, oh, knew, yeah. I trusted Jackie. I was like, I know she's got stage this. taken. I know. But, and something else to just that you noted about storytelling and myself, just having that ability to really hone into my story and who I am and portray it in a poetic way is I don't spend my time there. Okay. There are so many content outlets and influential outlets. And I think it's so beautiful to have those key players that you really look up to and inspire you and they motivate you, but do not forget to go inside and find your own journey. Because I always, I have this vision and I know this moment will come when I am sitting in a room and I'm at this just crazy podcast and it's all these heavy hitting entrepreneurs. Colin is in there, maybe Jenny's over here and we're all sitting in this room and it's my turn to go and we're just speaking about journeys and how we got to where we are today. And I say, if you want a seat, at this table. Do not mirror exactly what I'm doing. Do not mirror what exactly what Colin did in his journey. You make your own seat. Oh. You don't want to copy my seat right next to me. There's no, there's no room for someone else who's trying to mirror exactly what I'm doing. That's why my, my words are so powerful and my story is so powerful because it's my own because it comes from the soul, because I learned by doing, I learned by making mistakes. I learned by going from having $66 in my bank account to now more making more money than a lot of people do in a year in corporate America over the course of two months. And that number will only grow. And so just remember to go inside and write your own story. That's so powerful is when you can get on this mic and you can share what's true to you and what flows through your soul and what you are passionate about and what you have learned along the way by doing, not just because you saw someone else doing it. Obviously there are pieces of inspiration and Colin is so inspirational to me and I am insp inspiring to you and hopefully to so many here, but write your own story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much. One final thing. I'll definitely have all of your Instagram pages tagged in a post that I'll share on my Instagram, but could you just plug all the other ways people can connect with you and continue following your journey as well? Yes. So obviously Instagram is Jackie Pata, P-O-T-T-A-H. My agency Instagram is JP Talent Agency. And then I have a website, which is jptalent.co. And then I believe that is everything. My email is also available on my Instagram site too. If you want to connect with me that way and link with me on LinkedIn, it's Jackie Potter. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Jackie. And thank you for just always being on your queen shit for real. And thank you all for tuning in today, but be sure to peep episodes one through five if you haven't already and be on the lookout for episode seven dropping in a couple of weeks. Until then, I hope you all have an amazing productive day.